0: Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. How long did it take you to kind of realize that or was that something that you learned pretty early on with a couple of the books that you were mentioning that, you know, because you have leaders who do that. They will lead everybody the same and it doesn't matter. You have teachers who will teach everybody the same and get mad when that one student doesn't understand what's going on because they don't learn that way. You know, was this something that at you know, in seventh grade, you were like, I don't, you know, like I learn differently or I do this differently. So I don't want to ever do that. Or was it something that you really had to teach yourself how to do?
1: Well, since I'm married, I still haven't learned it very well. (laughs) I'm always messing up, you know, but I'm always messing up with my family, you know, my relatives, with my friends. And this is something that I know intellectually, but sometimes I struggle with it, is understanding other people or saying, well, you should believe this, or you should have seen this, you should do things a certain way. But I do think our perspective, the way we see things is not, the way Jamie sees things might not be the way Heather sees things, or we might see the same thing, but interpret it slightly different. But then we expect each other to see it exactly the way we see it. And- You know, to answer your question, I've had this philosophy, I've thought this, I've known this for a number of years, but I'm a work in progress. I'm still trying to see other people's perspective. I'm still trying to, all right, if my wife says, has a problem at work, I'm not trying to fix it. You know, leadership consultant Jamie coming in to the rescue, you know, she doesn't want her husband to be leadership coach. She doesn't want her husband to be the consultant. It doesn't matter if I work with people in her industry, she doesn't care, she wants me to listen or I need to understand where she's coming from. I need to understand you know, what she needs from me as a husband but it's the same way with people that we interact with. So our players, I need to figure out what makes each one tick and not just what made them tick you know, six months ago or what their personality was six months ago but it's a constant adjustment you know, as a basketball coach, I would wear uh, suits, you know, I would try to get suits and look nice on the sidelines for our games. Well, you know, if I go to a tailor, let's say to get a nice suit, that tailor is going to measure me up, you know, and get me a suit that fits me. Well, if I go back six months or eight months from now, and I'm like, I, Heather, you know, I'm back, I need another suit. You know, Heather as a tailor is not going to be like, oh, well, here you go here's your suit because I have your measurements. No, I could go to any retail store and get something off the rack. I go to a tailor, that tailor, you tailor, Heather is going to measure me up again because you want to find out what my measurements are, where I'm at now. You don't need to give me a suit from eight months ago. You need to give me a suit now. And so oftentimes as leaders, as husbands, as wives, as coaches, whatever industry we're in, we sometimes stop learning. We sometimes stop understanding. We stop learning other people's perspectives, seeing where they're at now, how they've grown and developed. And I think that that's a major mistake we have sometimes. Well, I know Heather, I know what she was going through six months ago, but you don't know what she's going through now. You don't know how she's grown, developed. Maybe she's taken a step backwards. You don't know that. And so that's one of the biggest mistakes I see the leaders or just anybody in general making is we don't stop for a minute to understand other people and see things from their perspective to walk a mile in their shoes. And that gets us in trouble all the time. You see it on Facebook, social media, Twitter, you see it in the break room at lunch, you know, you see it in your, at your family reunions. We just don't stop to walk a mile in someone else's shoes.
0: Yeah, I can hundred percent agree with that. I think that a lot of people are so wrapped up in their own issues and their own things that they're going through that they don't take the time to realize that somebody else is probably going through just as much as you. It may not be the same thing, but just as much. And just need to be kind. (laughs) Like, just be kind to somebody else. Learn, you know, like you said, learn to walk in their shoes. Don't just immediately decide that because they look like this or they're female, that this is exactly how they're going to react to something. So I definitely agree with that. So what is kind of, or have you, I guess would be the better start to that question. Have you had to coach somebody or lead somebody that doesn't, you know, believe in themselves or believe anything that, You know, like even though, yes, they made the team or they are here, they just still don't see themselves as being one of the better players or being, you know, having the ability to even get better. And how did you deal with those types of people?
1: (laughs) Yeah, great question. Early on, I probably didn't deal with them well, because as a young coach, even though I wanted to help people, I didn't go about it always the right way. I became a head college coach at the age of 27. I was one of the youngest head coaches in the country. I had done everything right to become a head coach by the age of 27. And I thought I had arrived. You know, I was here because I had earned it. I paid my dues. I was prepared. I was ready, all that kind of junk. But, and I cared about the athletes, I cared about them, but I didn't always put their interests first. I didn't always do what I just said for the last five minutes of understanding what they're going through. So like if Heather's struggling with her confidence or her belief in something or, you know, just she's struggling in general, I would give her kind of a cookie cutter. Hey, you know, essentially suck it up buttercup or, you know, hey, you can get over this, you know, just do it. I've done it. I've seen other athletes do it, you know, just kind of a, a template or a cookie cutter type psychology. You know, every coach is an amateur psychologist, you know, and so, you know, the mental toughness stuff, just do it, just overcome it or whatever. So. I cared about Heather, but I wasn't always the most empathetic to what you were going through because maybe I've gone through it and I overcame it. So you can overcome it too, as opposed to forgetting how long it took me to overcome it and forgetting how I felt during that time. You know, when I was having a crisis of confidence, when I struggled with my belief, you know, it's like the older we get and we've overcome something, it's like, yeah, I overcame it in a day or something when really it was like years and years, but we forget that. But as I got older and wiser and more mature as a coach, I started to get a little bit better. And we started to, you know, hey, this is what you can do. And this is why I believe it. This is why I believe in you. I believe in you, Heather. This is why, because I've seen you do this, this, and this. And now here's something that I think would be positive to help you out. So I state that I believe in you. I tell you why I believe in you but then I'm going to give you some action steps or these are some things and we're going to help you along the way. So let's just take simple and and this won't necessarily be relatable to everybody listening to this necessarily but you know if you're a basketball player and your shot is not very good right now you're struggling with your shot. Okay, I know you can shoot it Heather. And the reason I know you can shoot it is cuz I saw you do it in high school. That's why I recruited you. You know, remember I came to 7 you know, seven or eight of your games. I really believed in you. I know you can shoot it. And this is what we're gonna do to help you. Every day, we're gonna stay 30 minutes afterwards, if you want, and I'm only gonna work with you and we're gonna break down your shot into these pieces, that kind of stuff. So you give them some actionable steps and and you can expand that out to any industry that you're in. But I believe in you, this is why, and this is what we're gonna do. Now, if you don't wanna do that kind of stuff, Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to just be like, all right, you're done. I'm done with you. You're dead to me. You know, it's not one of those things. I'm going to constantly be empathetic and understanding to your situation. Maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe you don't want people to see you spending 30 minutes with coach afterwards. You're working on your shot. Maybe you don't have time. Maybe you need to get to dinner. Maybe you need to get to another class and you don't have the time. Well, then I need to figure out how can I fix that or how can I help you? So I need to talk to you. All right, do you really want to improve? And you're probably going to be like, yeah, I do want to improve. Okay, what can I do to help you? And maybe you have ideas or maybe you'll be like a typical teenager or a typical young adult and be like, I don't know. Well, if that's the case, then maybe I can give you two or three different suggestions. And so you do that. So you got to be prepared as a leader or a coach or whatever position you have to help out people. You have to be ready with a couple different suggestions in case they come at you with the, I don't know, whatever type answer.
0: Yeah, which is very typical of teenagers and (laughs) college students, as I'm sure you've learned over the years, (laughs) that it is not in their interest to solve their problems. They want somebody to do it for them. But having those suggestions like here's three different things that you can try forces them to make the decision on what they are willing to do to help themselves, which I think is really important. Instead of just being like, here's your one cookie cutter thing that's going to help you improve. Now you've made them make the choice to do that.
1: And that can be for anything. I mean, I just mentioned coaching, you know, not every listener that you have is going to be coaching basketball okay, but maybe it's to quit smoking or quit drinking or to do something, you know, or maybe it's, I'm just not getting this at work. You know, I'm not as good as I could be in this area at work. Well, if you only have one suggestion and that's what worked for you, you know, four years ago, that might work for your friend, but that might not work for them. They might not be, the situation might seem similar, but it's not, completely the same, or maybe it is similar, but they're different. They're a little different. Their personality is a little bit different than you or their backgrounds a little bit different. So if you can come up with two or three extra ways, as opposed to just what worked for you four years ago, because not everybody's like you.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what was the transition like going from head coach to what you're doing now with the youth programs and all of that? Was it a natural progression did you have a john stamos moment from the the new show on disney like what was that kind of like
1: yeah no not necessarily a john stamos moment but you know it was fairly easy transition because it's in sports and it's essentially doing number 1 what my passion is but number 2 what I've done all my life just a slightly different structure or format i went from coaching to being a high school athletic director. So I was an athletic director for two years. So I had a little bit of buffer there between being an actual on-court coach and doing what I'm doing now, which is coaching teams, coaching people, individuals, businesses. But I, I was high school athletic director, which got me to see, to step away from coaching just for a moment and kind of see things, not just my tree, but the whole forest. And it was kind of just stepping away, getting to see from, you know, I I was a coach for 20 years. You're really in the muck of it, you know, and you don't really step away sometimes. So I stepped away as an AD or stepped away from coaching to be an AD. And so I got to see things from a different perspective. I also got to see things from a 14, 15, 16 year old perspective, not just recruiting them. You know, when you recruit them, you kind of get to know them a little bit, but you don't get to know them or see them on a daily basis when you're in high school, you see, you know, 16 year old Heather on a daily basis, you get to know teenagers a little bit better. So that helped me in what I'm doing now, because now what I'm doing, I'm working with high school and college teams, mainly or athletes. And so that gave me a different perspective as well, knowing what goes on with high school coaches, some of the challenges that they face, seeing what goes on with high school student athletes and the challenges they face and bringing parents into it, those kind of things. So, it was a transition in that I was no longer involved in organized athletics. It was certainly a huge transition from the fact that I wasn't getting a paycheck every Friday. You know, whether I do a good job or bad job, you know, when I'm coaching, my paycheck is still coming. Now you're your own boss, you're an entrepreneur. And so you have to go out and if you're gonna eat, you gotta hunt essentially. And so I had to learn that part, the business part of it. You know, getting on stage and speaking To students or adults, that's an easy part. Learning the business of it, that was a little bit more of a difficult part. But it's been a great few years because I've gotten to have a bigger platform and gotten to work with so many more athletes than I did just as a coach, just as an AD. And certainly there's a lot to be said for a deep dive. You know, if you're a coach and you're working with 15 athletes, you can do a deep dive into all their lives a little bit more. And that's great. And we need people to do that as well. But I wanted to try to reach as many people as possible, a little less deep, but a little bit more wide. And we could debate that all day long, but there's a need for both of that. And I wanted to be able to reach as many people with a message of positive leadership, of working well with others, of seeing different perspectives and being a person of influence. And so that's been fun getting to work with student athletes and coaches.
0: Definitely. So what... Are you just now speaking on stages, or what exactly are you doing with your programs, or you know what you're out doing today?
1: So we do a number of different things. We do speak on stages. Now COVID put the key bosh on that, like so many other jobs. You know, we were definitely affected by that. We weren't traveling. We weren't speaking on stages. I was still working with a lot of individual teams, though, depending on what their protocols were in their state or at their college or high school. So I would go in and work with X University or X sports team and just work with their team. So I would go on campus for that, provided the protocols were okay to do that. As far as getting on stage, I wasn't doing that a lot during COVID. We're still getting back into that. But, you know, that's part of it is speaking to large crowds. So maybe it's an athletic director's conference or a coach's conference where I can hopefully speak to hundreds or thousands of leaders who then can go back, impact their kids. Hopefully there's something I said that helps them be a better coach. And I'm not necessarily care about Heather being a better coach for Heather's sake, but if man, if Heather can be a better coach, that means she's going to then be able to impact her student athletes better and so that's what we're hoping for. So speaking on stage, working with sports teams on their campuses, going in there doing a deep dive with that team. We write books. We've written three books. We've got another one coming out at Thanksgiving, all designed to help student athletes be better leaders and better teammates. We do a podcast which is trying to help people be better just like, you know, you doing your podcast, you're trying to make a difference, trying to help people. And then we have an online program, the leadershipplaybook.com. And once again, that's just helping students be better leaders and better teammates. And I can't be everywhere. You know, even if I visit, you know, your city of Atlanta, I can only visit one or two schools in a day. But, you know, hundreds or thousands of schools can be plugged into our online program. So you can then reach more people. You can multiply. It's a ripple effect. And so that's what we're trying to do is reach as many people as possible. So we have a lot of different things going on. And we enjoy all of those things. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy speaking. Certainly, I'd rather be in my living room, you know, hanging out with my son or hanging out with my wife. But I do love traveling. It is fun. I do like especially warm weather climates. Definitely like that. So all you people in Hawaii listening, I'm definitely more interested in coming to Hawaii than I am Alaska. But yeah, it's fun getting to talk with coaches. It's fun getting to talk with student athletes and listening to their stories. And something resonates where they'll be like, hey, I read this in your book. Or, hey, I heard you say this when you were talking to our team. You know, I felt like I was there. I felt like you knew my story. I felt like, you know, you knew what I was like last year. You know, you were speaking right to me. So those are fun things.
0: Yeah, So what is the message behind your motto for your podcast, success is a choice?
1: Yeah, when I was looking for a title of my podcast, I didn't have to look very long. It was really just a matter of, is somebody else using that exact phrase? And nobody was using success as a choice. And so I jumped on it because probably every single year of my coaching career, that has been the motto of our team success is a choice. That is something that we've always talked about. And it's a simplistic message. Obviously, it's not a simplistic way to live your life. I mean, it's it's hard. It's not easy to make good choices all the time. It's a lot easier to say it. But that's my philosophy, is that we are a lot of times the sum of our choices or decisions. We become Our habits become a lot of times our choices. And certainly I'm painting with a simplistic brush. You know, there's certainly going to be issues and life is complicated. Life is nuanced sometimes. But I truly do believe that a lot of times our habits are going to be based on our choices. And I'm not necessarily talking this huge choice, like who we're going to marry or what college we're going to go to. Those are huge choices in life. I'm talking about the hundreds or thousands of micro choices we make. And for instance, and this is cliche or it's silly, every morning I make my bed. Okay, nobody is coming into our house, nobody's going into my bedroom, nobody's gonna know if my bed is made or not, and I'm going to sleep in it that night. You know, the normal stuff people say about why they shouldn't make their bed, okay? None of that matters, even though I believe it. I believe wholeheartedly, nobody cares if I make my bed or not. But I'm starting out today, Today, I started off 1-0 and against today. I am one, you know, I'm a coach. I'm an athlete. Well, I'm not much of an athlete anymore. I'm a competitor, but I'm 1-0 and against this day because I started off the day making my bed. And so if I can accumulate as many wins as possible, small wins throughout the day, then maybe I can win today. And then tomorrow, maybe I can win tomorrow. And before you know it, I've developed some habits where I'm not even thinking about it. It's just, I'm doing these small things and then these small things will lead to big things. And certainly it's a simplistic way of looking at things, but it's worked for me and it's worked for a lot of other people to a degree. I'm big into personal responsibility and taking accountability for your actions, taking responsibility for your actions to a degree. And I think that when we're making good decisions, good choices, that's going to give us a better chance for success it's going to put us in some positions or opportunities to cash in on some opportunities to a degree. And, you know, the bed thing is a simplistic thing. You know, it, it's not like if I walk past in the, let's say I make my bed, I'm one and O now I walk out to the kitchen and you know what, I'm going to walk right past that coffee because coffee's bad for you. And so I'm going to own that coffee, but here's the thing. I don't ever drink coffee. So I'm not gonna count that as a win because I don't drink coffee. That's not a big deal. Like, I'm not gonna cheat. But if I'm a coffee drinker or pop, well, for those of you in the North, pop. Down where you live, Heather, it's Coke, you know? It's okay, I grew up in Minnesota. It's pop. Yeah, pop, (laughs) Coke, soda, whatever it is. That's been a struggle for me. I drink a lot of pop, okay? I cut that out two months ago. Cold turkey, cut out pop. Every time I go past my favorite convenience store, man, I'm jonesing for some pop. I wanna go in there and get that 79 cent Polar Pop from Circle K. Okay, every time I drive by and save myself 79 cents, that's a win for me. It's not a win to drive by that and not get coffee if I don't get coffee. I don't stop at Dunkin' Donuts or you know, Starbucks and get coffee, so that's not a win. So for me, it's all these little choices during the day where, you know what, I might choose to get a pop tomorrow, you know what, I'm gonna get right back up on the horse the next day and not get a pop. You know what, I had a little loss. I had a little backslide, that's all right. I have the next day to start that all over again and to get another win. And so I don't beat myself up over it. I just keep trying every day to accumulate more wins than losses. And before you know it, I'm gonna win more days then I lose. And then eventually I'm going to win more months than I lose. And eventually, you know, a year from now, five years from now, I'm going to start to be more of the person that I want to be.
0: Yeah. I think that that's something that it doesn't matter what you do, who you are, or, you know, like you don't have to be a coach or in athletics or anything. That's just such a huge life lesson for people to realize and especially you know like with our audience with we focus a lot on domestic violence and trauma and things like that so being able to count your wins for the day you know it could be the one thing that like that keeps you alive that day that keeps you sane that makes it like all right I can go to the next day I can figure out what to do next because I was able to do all of these things today. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O-thriving-A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.